Hello, welcome back to the Barefoot Book Podcast. Irish folk singer Maura O'Connell reads a story about a kind but disfigured man and his life-changing encounter with the Knock Grafton Fairies. After the story, go to barefootbooks.com to find the complete tales from Old Ireland Collection, along with songs, activities, coloring sheets, and more. This is the story of Lusmore and the Fairies. There was a poor man living in the green glen of Aherlow at the foot of the Galti Mountains, and he had a hump on his back the size of a football. Lusmore, as he was known, for he always wore a sprig of foxglove in his hat, looked as if his body had been rolled up and put on his shoulders. When he sat down, the hump was so heavy that it pushed his head all the way to his knees. The country people were shy of meeting him alone, for although he was harmless, evil folk had put out strange stories about him. Some said he was a changeling, a child of the fairies, and others said he must be in league with the devil, which was a terrible lie, for you'd have to cross seven counties to meet a kinder man. Lusmore spent his days sitting on a stool at his cottage door, braiding rushes into hats and baskets. He was an expert at his trade and could get more for his work than anyone else in the land. He lived on his own on the edge of the village of Kappa, and one morning he was up before dawn to take his hats and baskets to the market at Care. He had a good day and sold every one, but he was weary going home, and his hump was weighing heavy on his back. It was dark by the time he reached the old mound of Knockgrafton. So, not looking forward to the great distance he still had to travel, poor old Lusmore sat down to rest. He was almost dropping off to sleep, when what should he hear but the strangest song? Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday. That's how it went, before stopping a second or two and beginning again. Lusmore thought he'd never heard such sweet, high-pitched singing. It was like the sound of many tiny voices, all blending in with one another, and he listened closely, scarcely drawing his breath. He looked all around to try and work out where the sound was coming from and realised to his amazement that it couldn't be from anywhere but inside the mound. Pressing his ear to the grass, he listened even more closely to the sweet sounds. But after a while, the music, which at first seemed so beautiful, began to bore him. Lusmore started to think that it was a shame that the only thing the fairies sang was Monday, Tuesday, over and over. It was as though they didn't know what was supposed to follow. So the next time they paused at the end of their round, Lusmore took up the tune himself and added a bit in the silence. Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The fairies of Knockgrafton, for they were the singers, were delighted when they heard Lusmore's addition to their tune and listened while he sang the whole thing through. Why didn't we think of that before, said the king of the fairies appearing before him. It's perfect. And who are you that's brought us such a gift? I'm Lusmore, he said in awe, for he had never spoken to a fairy before. And I'm very glad you like my words. I'd be honoured to have you take them up, for you sing so beautifully. Well, you're a great man for the music, Lusmore, said the king. More skilled than any of us. Would you come down to meet the rest of my people, for I'm sure they'd all like to thank you for themselves. There's nothing would give me greater pleasure, said the hunchback. He followed the king of the fairies along a dark tunnel that led into the hill, until they arrived at a magnificent palace. The fairies gave him a hearty welcome and asked him to sing the song through again. They danced around him, listening and then singing, till they were sure they had mastered it. 
Then they invited him to sit at the head of the table next to the king, for they were about to have a great feast. When they had finished their banquet, Lusmore joined in the dancing until the fairy king called for a halt to the music and stepped up to him, saying, Lusmore, Lusmore, the hump which you bore on your back is no more. Look down to the floor, Lusmore. The man looked to the ground and saw the hump tumble from his shoulders. Lusmore straightened his back for the very first time in his life, only to find that he was so tall that his head scraped the ceiling of the grand hall. As he looked around, the joy and the beauty made him dizzy. His eyesight grew dim and he fell into a deep sleep. He awoke to broad daylight. The sun was shining, the birds were singing, and he found himself at the foot of the mound of Knockgrafton with the cows and sheep grazing all around. The first thing Lusmore did was to feel for his hump, to see if he'd only been dreaming. But sure enough, it was gone. He stood up and stretched, and wasn't it wonderful to feel his back straightening and to be able to hold his head up to the sky, tall and proud. He looked himself up and down and saw a well-shaped, dapper sort of fellow in a brand new suit that the fairies had made for him. He stepped out lightly toward Kappa with a newfound spring in his step. No one he met along the way recognised him, and he was hard-pressed to convince them that he was old Lusmore, the basket-maker. It wasn't long before his story got out, though, and a great fuss was made of him by young and old. One morning he was sitting contentedly at the door of his cottage when an old woman came up to him asking the way to Kappa. "'Sure you're there already,' said he. "'Who are you looking for?' "'I've come all the way from Waterford looking for a man called Lusmore,' said she, "'who I heard tell had his hump removed by the fairies. "'There's a son of mine has a hump also, "'and I want to find out the charm so he can get rid of it.' "'I'm the man you're after,' said Lusmore, "'and being a good-natured fellow, he told her all that had happened, "'how he'd raised the tune for the little people, "'how his hump had been taken from his shoulders, "'and how he'd got a new suit of clothes into the bargain.' "'The woman thanked him and hurried home to fetch her son.' But Jack Madden, for that was his name, wasn't a bit like Lusmore. Nasty people take all shapes and forms, from fat to thin, from ugly to beautiful, and this particular fellow was one of the worst. The woman put her son on a cart, for he was too lazy to walk, and pushed him to knock Grafton. The grumpy man complained every inch of the way. His mother left him sitting on the grassy mound and would have to spend the night in care. Jack Madden hadn't been there long when he heard the tune coming from the fairy hill. And if Lusmore had heard sweet music, the tune Jack Madden heard was ten times sweeter. For instead of stopping at Monday, Tuesday, it carried on round and round and even rounder thanks to Lusmore's help. Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But Jack Madden had no ear for a tune. All he wanted was to get rid of his hump and his mother had told him how to do it so he never thought to listen to the music to see if he could improve on it. Instead, having heard the fairy sing it over seven times without stopping, out he bawled, never heeding the tune. Thursday and Friday, he screeched at the top of his voice, thinking that if one day was good, two days were better, and he might even get an extra suit of clothes into the bargain. No sooner had the words passed his lips than he was whisked into the hill with prodigious force, and the fairies were all around him in great anger. What's that horrible noise, they screamed. Who spoiled our tune, they roared. And the fairy king stepped up to him and said, Jack Madden, Jack Madden, your words are so badden, the tune we feel glad in, your life we will sadden, two humps for Jack Madden. And twenty of the strongest fairies came up carrying Lismore's hump and pressed it down on Jack Madden's back, where it stayed for the rest of his days. 
They put Jack Madden out of their castle into the pitch-dark night, and in the morning his mother found him at the foot of the mound, with a hump twice the size it was the day before. What happened, Jack? she asked. But he wouldn't tell, for fear the little people might put a third hump on his back. She put him in the cart and wheeled him home to Waterford. Everyone said that's the sort of thing that happens when you don't pay proper respect to the fairies. And they're right. That's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Now you can visit barefootbooks.com slash podcast to find special offers, join our email list, and listen to past episodes of the Barefoot Books podcast. See you next week. Bye.